Hey y'all, this is Dawson Edwards. You're listening to the Gaining Fast on Memphis podcast with Aaron Trout. Welcome to the Gain and Fast on Memphis podcast with Aaron Shriver, brought to you by Arlo Revolution. Each week, Aaron connects melodies and memories with fans and artists from all genres of life. When all else in life is gone, only music will be left to leave the legacy of life's adventures. Please welcome your host for the Gain and Fast on Memphis podcast, Aaron Shriver. Hello and welcome everyone to Season 6 of the Getting Fast on Memphis podcast, a place where we connect memories to melodies. I'm your host, Aaron Shriver. And I'm your co-host, Jillian Shriver. Our mission tonight is to provide a platform for motivated singer-songwriters, passionate fans, or someone who's making a difference in and around the music community. We hope everyone listening leaves inspired with a positive outlook and begins connecting their own memories to melodies. Tonight we are presented by our good friends at Arlo Revolution. Cinematic wedding films, music videos, and promos. Find them at arlorevolution.com. One Tree Planted. For every 1,000 downloads of the show, we plant a tree with One Tree Planted, which we did today, uh, to download the show on your favorite podcast app and uh, help us plant some more trees, man. That was cool, though. We did hit in our milestone, plant in our tree, and I always love being able to do that. So it's one of my favorite things to be able to do. And it's been happening almost monthly, so it's awesome. And Poddex. Poddex are the hottest tool to get your next great interview, unique interview questions in the palm of your hand. Our on-screen sponsors tonight are Art on a Higher Wire by Joel, original custom artwork inspired by your life moments, treasured photos, and memories. Shed Services at Shed Services. We offer a full range of maintenance services depending on your needs. Find them at ShedServices.com. Looking for ways to support or sponsor Gaining Fast on Memphis, and please head over to our Patreon page. Tiers start at just $1. Uh, and if you sign up for a whole year, you save like 20%. So definitely check it out. Something pretty cool. Um, and we've been updating it daily. So it's really cool to look into and help sponsor the show and help the show grow a little more. If Patreon is something you can't do, the next best way to support the show is to like, share, review, and subscribe anywhere you can find us. Remember, you can join us live mostly on every Monday. It is a holiday this week, so we have pushed it back. But join us live every Monday night, 7 o'clock, uh, Facebook, YouTube, where you can interact with the show, ask questions, join in on live chat with your favorite guests. And remember to visit GainingFastOnMemphis.com for constant reviews, photos, playlists, links, and more. It's going to be a busy day tomorrow on our Instagram page, so keep up with us. We are taking over Summerfest, the U.S. Cellular Stage, and doing reviews, photos, a bunch of stuff from that. So we're really excited for that tomorrow. But tonight... We're even more excited because we've been anticipating and waiting for this show for, I don't know how long we've been talking about doing this show. Yes. It's been a while. It's been a hot it's minute. It's been a while. So I, I think it's been a good time or a long time and it's a good time coming. I the know first that. time you met her, I remember you came home and you were like, oh my gosh, I have to tell you about this awesome chick. Well, and yeah, I was like, dude, she, I cannot wait. She took over to a parking lot. How badass, right? Tonight we welcome in Hannah Dasher for episode 134. This is a name you need to know. She's one of the hardest working women in country music. Hannah is making a name for herself, both as a songwriter and an explosive performer. Tonight, we are honored to discuss the melodies and memories that make up her journey. Please welcome in Hannah Dasher. What up? Hey, how you doing? Yeah, good to see y'all. Yeah, we were talking about first time I met you, you took over a parking lot and and forced your way, not forced your way, just grew some balls and said, I'm going to freaking open for Eric Church, man. He deserves awesome. an opener for once. <laughs> so cool. The coolest oh, thing I've ever seen. Whiskey rip I love it. Well, thank you for keeping up with me. Was that your first time seeing me live? So that was my first time seeing see you live. Show with um, my man? I, I've been hearing about the buzz about you for a few years now, but that was my first time actually getting to see you. I haven't seen you with the band yet, but I heard... I heard through the grapevine that you opened for Reba in Green Bay not too long ago, and you blew the damn roof off the place. So <laughs> that's why I've been hearing a buzz about that Green Bay show. So <laughs> appreciate that. Also, thank you. We had a damn blast. Oh man, I, that that tour looked like a lot of fun, and you you've done a lot of cool stuff. But like I I like to start the show off the same every week and throw it all the way back to. So kind of back in the day, the mom and dad, what were they listening? What were they playing around the house? Like kind of like your first musical memory and take that into maybe your first concert experience you had. My first musical memory uh, would be my first concert experience. Nice. Uh, actually, so it would have been, uh, I won't give you the year, but I was three <laughs> or four years old and it was Alan Jackson. And I can tell you what he had on. He was wearing a pink shirt with holy faded uh, like Chattahoochee style blue jeans and drinking out of a, one of those Dixie cups that we used to drink out of in Sunday school that had the, like kind of off white with little yellow and blue flowers on yeah. it, you know, <laughs> anyhow, it was him and Vince Gill. 
And mm. I don't remember who opened for who, but I just remember that I was so little, I watched the concert from my papa's arms. Uh, but mother said I could sing before I could talk. My parents played, uh, obviously exposed me to country radio, but my daddy had stuff playing around the house like, uh, oh, Kansas and uh, lots of George Strait, Keith Whitley, um, Foreigner, I've been waiting for a girl like mm. you, I think was one of my parents' songs that they kind of, anyhow. And then mother loved to play the Eagles and she introduced me to like a lot of like Motown, Aretha and all that kind of stuff. So nice. uh, I had a pretty eclectic musical upbringing, uh. if you will. And then when I got into boys, that's when I got into rock and roll. So the rock, <laughs> ACDC. I was going to ask where that rock Standard came from because you definitely have that rock edge when I've seen you a couple of times. So I love that you said Vince Gill because my mom was a diehard Vince Gill fan. That's what got me love. My love of country music came from Vince Gill, and then my dad was the Eagles and Pink Floyd and Super Tramp and those guys. So hey, yeah, it was hey, always the fun one. <laughs> like, I remember Daddy's Aerosmith. ten years older than mother, so I kind of got a you know got kind of a mix. My 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 friends' dads and my stepdad really got into uh, like they graduated in the late seventies, so they had that. Skinner, that whole rock and roll thing going. So, uh, daddy was, you know, older than them. But anyway. So, after seeing Alan uh, Jackson, though, man, is that is that kind of what clicked for you? you just, yeah, I know you were a member of fan club back in the day and all that, weren't yeah, you? Yes, I know. I got the Who Says You Check It Out. The who Says You Can't, <laughs> who says you can't Cook It All cookbook. I had the watch, one of my commemorative plays. Yes. 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 Fan club yes. in the 90s. <laughs> Uh, everything I love is killing me. This is from 1998. Yep, look at that. That is awesome. awesome. I remember yes, I keep my, a time that you know? I saw, probably around the same time, 90, maybe 98, 97, Ellen was with Leanne Rimes. She was opening up. And I was a diehard Leanne Rimes fan. I faked an asthma attack. Just so I could run out back after Leanne said, I ended up meeting her, and I got a picture of me and Leanne Rimes back. I think Blue was just just out on the radio, and I, I'm like, I got to meet her. And then they didn't want to let me back in the arena, but I got back in because my parents were still in their seat. <laughs> I'm like, my parents are in there. <laughs> but I got to meet Leanne Rimes. I was pretty excited, but that was my Ellen Jackson I, I didn't memory. know many heterosexual boys that were Leanne Rimes fans. She <laughs> was the first one I've ever met. I love that. I think she's just precious. <laughs> I loved I loved One Way Ticket. That was my that was my jam, dude. Oh, uh, yeah, that was my jam. So I love that song um for you we though, used to make uh what is it, the 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 don't ever lose that light in your eyes my daddy used to sing uh, i gotta lose this weight in my thighs <laughs> the funny thing is you have the alan jackson play i still have a postcard somewhere that has the leanne rhymes fan club on it because i remember i was part of her fan <laughs> oh, club too. i love it i'm gonna give you a hell about that forever she's precious oh she dude she's so kind i just got to interview her on the red carpet uh for the cmt awards and uh and she and I had just run into one another literally the night before, two nights before at the rhyme at the Hanya Tucker thing. Nice. Uh, so and that was fun too. That's cool. Very yeah. Cool. I, I was a proud member of that Billy Ray Cyrus fan club too, though. So yeah. <laughs> oh, you were. I, I was a spirit member back in the day, but so much about fan clubs because your fan club wants to hear all about you tonight. And I want to know about your writing and where it came from because I, there's just some of the songs that you've written, even for other people. I know Joe Fortner has a song. If you guys not heard Bad Hop Birmingham, amazing tune that you and you and him wrote together. And for you, did you start with poetry early on, or did songwriting start before any of that? Or how, how did you start with the songwriting? Well, I, I hated to read as a as a child, but I would read my album, my liner notes, uh, cassette tape and CD lyrics. And so I was that nerdy kid who could tell you who Keith Stegall was, but. In, in reading, I discovered that Alan Jackson, for instance, uh, because I was really drawn to his music. He talked like I do. He was really, he's obviously, you know, talented. Uh, he was from Georgia like I was. And I thought, hell, I want to do that, too. Um, I want to chase the neon rainbow. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I didn't really start writing songs. I dabbled with it like in high school. If I had a crush on a boy, I might like write a song to the tune of Sweet Child of Mine or something like that. But just so that I could get the... Uh, the meter and the phrasing and the rhyme schemes down. And then uh, against my will, uh, I started writing, I guess, my freshman year in college. My parents divorced unexpectedly. Mm. And so I had to kind of deal with that. And the best way for me to do that was just to get it out on paper. And so the first song sucked. Hell, I still write some that do. But all that to say, uh, I started writing songs and my friends started asking to hear them and then hear them again. And so uh, I tried to develop that, and and um, I really do, I really uh, dug into uh, like more Waylon and Merle Haggard, 
And I was a big Dirk Bentley fan nice. then too. And I just tried to, and then I started listening to like Roger Miller and JJ Kale. And I just, I really tried to, to branch out. And, and then all of a sudden this guy named Eric Church comes out. And, uh, cause I'd kind of faded away from country music yeah. with the exception of, uh, Randy Hauser, uh, anything goes and everything's gone. Bryce Long's amazing. I've written some stuff with Bryce, but, yeah. but yeah, the Eric Church record really brought me back in and, uh, just empowered me to continue to do it and to, uh, to when they do it professionally. Was it, was it the Sinners album that you first heard? Hell yeah, yeah. Jerry Spillman. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Well, well, we'll talk about that too. We were on the topic of songwriting, so you got to write with someone that's really prominent in the Eric Church world, Mr. Casey Bethard. And uh, tell me a little bit because that had to be a little full circle for you. Kind of hearing that Eric Church album—that's what got you back into the cold country thing. And then all of a sudden, you find yourself in a room with Casey Bethard writing a song. Well, yeah, Casey Bethard, uh, Jeremy <laughs> Spillman, Jeff Hyde. I mean, yeah. it's. Uh, uh, I mean, Jeremy, you know, sinners like me. I mean, Jeremy wrote a lot of those songs on that first record. Michael mm-hmm. Heaney. Uh, yep. I write with a lot of those guys, actually. And uh, it's very surreal. I mean, I'll, and um, and I could call any, I mean, hell, I've got furniture in there that Heaney, Heaney's given me. Heaney's <laughs> like the adopted grandpa, you know, to Eric's kids. And, mm-hmm. um, but these guys have all tried to make me better. Um, nice. And, uh, and I've also just been able to sit back and learn. It's just, uh, as a, as a new artist, you have to, and a new songwriter, you have to really, especially being a woman, not to play that card. But, you know, I'm expected to go into the room with the idea and really, really prove myself. And uh, guys like Bethard seemed to really get it off the bat. He got me. I didn't have to prove anything to him. Yep. Um, he knew enough to know that I was talented. And uh, we have written well together and still do. And uh, so I'm excited to... Um, and Jeff Hyde, we just wrote a really great song that I've actually just recorded. And so um, I'm excited to get some. And oh, and another song called Cheating. <laughs> so, <laughs> so many people would be surprised so, about Jeff, Jeff Hyde's Hyde. Jeff Hyde's going to be too. singing on that one with me. So Jeff, you know, oh, yeah. Jeff tours with Eric. Yeah. And, yeah, the, uh, and here's Eric's band. So, so many people would be surprised about some of the songs that Jeff Hyde wrote. He has some amazing songs out there. And the fact that you get to write with him. And just like I was talking about, full circle to have these guys, all these guys are now in your repertoire. I don't know. Well, I, the real full circle <laughs> moment for me was writing with Bill Anderson here. It would have been, well, actually, it's been a year ago. Um, but that was great. He's, God, he's so precious. And, uh, you know, what a great songwriter. And he's still relevant. Uh, you know, he's in the Hall of Fame, but he yeah. is. Uh, but he is still uh, he's still able to hang and and to and to do it with a fresh head and I just uh, you know I, I get it and and he gets me too and I, and I look forward to writing with him again too. I love that every time I go to I, I got into Jamie Johnson early on and. Uh, you know, I'm a sucker for good songwriting. Hell That's yeah. Awesome. I had a buddy uh, a couple years ago. He was telling me some Jamie Johnson stories. But Rick Tiger, he was a songwriter in Nashville. Oh, Amazing. God rest his soul. Yeah, you know Rick. Yeah, he was telling me some stories about Jamie that I would just, you would laugh for days. <laughs> I'm like, "That's that." I don't doubt that one bit. So oh. I love those stories. Jamie's sober now. Yeah. yeah. Yep. What else you want to know? <laughs> Man, I want to know everything. No. So you started during the pandemic. I, we got to talk a little bit about by the stand by your pan. Tell me how that oh, kind of yeah. came about. I, I, I want to know a little bit about that. Well, uh, I was supposed to go out. It was my first run with Dirk Bentley. I was so excited. And then uh, we're going out west, California. And quarantine shut down everything. So everything was canceled. And Hanta needs a stage. So the kitchen became my stage and stand by your pan is an idea that I had copyrighted uh, and reserved for later use. I was thinking, okay, one day when I'm established as an artist, you know, then I'll do a, like a late night comedy infused cooking show kind of a thing. Anyhow, but uh, quarantine and this TikTok uh, app presented me with, uh, I guess the, the right circumstances to test the platform and sure enough who knew but it stuck i just was just teaching skinny people how to cook you know i'm just a, i'm not a chef <laughs> i am opinionated and i do prefer my cooking to most but hell i'm just uh i'm shocked at the girls my age i mean i'm 33 i just can't believe the mamas that didn't raise their youngest to boil rice for pete's sake i know, I know how to <laughs> we've talked we've talked about that <laughs> <laughs> it's pitiful. Mm-hmm. These people have driver's license. Mm-hmm. You can't read a recipe. 
you can't raise a youngin, in my opinion. <laughs> I'm not raising them, but yeah. So, where, who taught you to cook? Where did you? Where, where did your skills come from? Did you have my family parents. recipes? Okay. Yes, my parents, my grandparents. Uh, you know, my my mother or uh, both of my grandmothers. One of which is still living. She's crazy as hell. I love her. I got a whole stand up routine. I'm writing on her. She's amazing. Uh, she's kind of like the white Medea. Been married okay. five times. <laughs> only two of the, yeah, only three of the husbands are accounted for, literally. We can't find the other two. Um, so, I mean, she's wild. That's like a Mississippi story. But, yeah, I mean, I uh, I was raised by a lot of older people. That's why I'm, you know, 83 years old pretty much. Yeah. Oh, I, I love that. I mean, I, I we, we feel like we're in the same boat at times. I mean, we talk about yeah. antique furniture, and we just love that. We love we're old souls. I mean, mm-hmm. everything about the old way of doing things, I think, honestly, that's why we've probably been married for so long, too, because mm-hmm. a lot of marriages don't last these days at all. But we, 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 we do it like, like our grandparents. You an old soul, too, Janelle? Jillian, what was sorry. that? I'm sorry. I said, I said, are you an old soul too, yeah. Mama? Yeah, for sure, for it. sure. So I love it. Well, mm-hmm. I think people like that. Uh, a lot of us creatives tend to be that way too. And Aaron, you are creative, um, but I, you can hear a lot of that in my music. Yeah. Uh, all that nostalgia. There's just uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I live like I look. Uh, you can see this is all. I mean, hell, this is from 1954, 52. <laughs> <laughs> All this furniture and, and the sixties and seventies and everything's got a story behind it. But um I've always uh just felt this not an obligation but a a, a call that, you know, like the steel guitar, um great songwriting uh fashion, but uh, my faith and uh American pride. Uh, there's just a lot of things that I that were that were instilled in me growing up. Yeah. You know, saying yes, ma'am, and things like that that I'm not willing to let go of. I'm very, you know, hip, and my God, I've got friends with purple hair and blue hair, and you know, I mean, I'm, uh, you know, I can get along with the best of them in L.A. But I'm about to say, I just, uh, I still, I think it's okay to to merge some of the old with the new. Yes, yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah. Uh, Jillian's family is all from Mississippi and we, uh, mm-hmm. she, she went down there to go to school for a couple of years and they asked me to go with, I'm like, you know, it'd be a big shock from Chicago to Mississippi, but mm-hmm. I made the jump and I found out how much I really did like, I mean, that's what half our furniture came back from there because mm-hmm. it was antique stuff, but I, love I found it. how much I, I love that way. And just, I, I would go back in a heartbeat. I even mm-hmm. got tattooed on my arm because I felt I tell people that's where I grew up because it's the first place I lived on my own. And uh, it's right there in the Bible Belt and everything. I just, I love that way of life and learning the different things we've learned and definitely every other gas station having fried food helped a little bit too. <laughs> we put on a few pounds. <laughs> I'll fried. Get you a Mississippi girl. Go ahead. I, I love it. I've not played in Mississippi enough yet. I'm so excited to, uh, gosh, to get It'll probably be next year this rate, but uh, I'm trying to do some uh, TV stuff too. But I'm excited about upcoming shows and yeah. Um, get back out west it's gonna be fun so i gotta ask you a lot of this stuff that you've gotten to do the last couple years you you toured with reba uh you got to do the tailgate all the different tailgates you do that was one of the most brilliant i know we briefly touched on but one of the most brilliant ideas you just Mm -hmm. found some of the hottest shows in the area and rented a flatbed truck set up and went to town and didn't care i mean you got you got probably got your permissions and everything else but just didn't care and wanted to get your music heard and i know the eric church one like in between there was like another stadium that there was another line of people that was another genre and honestly i don't know what genre of music that the show they were going to but they were all tapping their foot and like jamming out and just watching her just like steal this other person's crowd it yeah, was pretty damn awesome. cool to see what I you got to do yeah it was really cool just to like sit back it and ballsy. watch it all. Oh, yeah. it was cool it was ballsy <laughs> But it was cool that you you did something like that because not a lot of artists are doing that. And you're like, you know what? I got these badass songs that need to be heard. I'm going to get them heard. And so I love that you did that because it showed it showed your showed who you are. It showed where you come from. And it's like, hey, I'm putting it out there. And Eric Church doesn't want to have an opener. I'm going to make sure he has an opener. (laughs) Well, I mean, I didn't get on the tours that I wanted. I've never had like a manager. Um because it's so oversaturated here in town and, mm-hmm. and, uh, well, I'm a handful, but it's going to take somebody special, you know, that's kind of got their hand here and in, in, in LA to, uh, you know, to manage me. And, uh, mm-hmm. uh, so I've, uh, 
so all that to say, I've just, I've had to kind of run this show by myself anyhow. And so I created my own damn tour. Hell you know, yeah. like uh, it's it's a known fact. You don't you don't get on major tours unless you've got a big political, you know, politically, yeah. a, a big manager with political pull. You know, like Eric Church's manager manages Ashley McBride, yep. and you know that's he he's broken her because he's you know. But he has ties with a very very big deal. And, I mean, Q Prime yeah. is huge. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, they're huge, and I and I don't and I don't uh, fault her for that at all. Lucky her. I mean, that's you know, hell yeah, but. You know, I'd be there too if I had John Pete's, but yeah. um, but you know what? I, I can't rely on that. I'm ha- having to rely on me, and so um, so yeah. Uh, but I've been super thrilled with the. Uh, I think I've been received by Billboard and Whiskey Riff and media and things like that, and uh, I've got everybody fooled. At least I think I'm doing great things. So. <laughs> no, <laughs> and the, re- the handful of Rebidex that was a lot of fun too. Yeah. I was. Um, I, uh, it started a great relationship with, with her team and, um, we had 80% of the house full each night and they were really impressed with that. And anyhow, so, um, uh, but yeah, I'm hoping she may add a few in the fall. You might see somebody, you know, on there with her. You don't know. Yeah. Nice. Um, we're, we're excited to see that. We're, so you got the tour of Hank though, too, as well, right? Oh, Jesus. Tell me a little bit about that, because honestly, when I think of you touring with Hank, I just think, oh boy, I hate to see what the morning looks like. I <laughs> <laughs> see. Well, you know, the, you know, he's my number one and he's just, uh, even if you aren't a fan, if you're listening in and you, and you aren't a Hank Jr. fan, go see him live. He is a hell of an entertainer. I put him up there with Mick Jagger mm. as far as my favorite entertainers go. Kid Rock, too. Don't listen uh, to Kid yeah. Rock's music, but I have gone to three shows mm-hmm. because he's an amazing entertainer. Yep. Oh, yeah. And I just, uh, and I respect that. And, uh, but Bo Cephas, I mean, he'll play the piano with his butt, he'll play the fiddle. And when he plays it, he plays it right down here on his forearm. And, uh, you know, he loves America. And um, I don't know. I just saw him at the, uh, uh, oh heavens! The Legion Hall over here in East Nashville. He he and Dan Auerbach, Black Keys, just put out this blues record called uh, "Rich White Honky Blues." Nice. Anyhow, and so he did like a little private show there, and it was amazing. On his way out, he saw me and booped my wig. <laughs> 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 so I died. I was there with one of his daughters, but um, but I'm so tickled. I, I guess you know after doing shows with him, his. His crew and band have really taken me in, and his lead guitar player, Bart, who is mm-hmm. one of my most favorite lead guitar players here in town. Um, and he's just got such a vibe, man. He's decked out in turquoise and badassery. <laughs> but he's going to be out with me uh, August, uh, September. Nice. August, September. August, nice. September. So I'm excited. No, I saw that. I know Church way back when got to tour with uh, Hank Jr. a little bit, too, and I always I love seeing like whoever gets a tour. Like, I know Hank Jr. takes care of whoever's out on the road. Oh yeah, them, well, that so. was back when Hank was drinking liquor. Hank doesn't drink liquor anymore <laughs> unless Bobby Ritchie's around. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, yeah, if Kid Rock's around, maybe. So that's really cool. So one thing I learned when I was researching for this show is way back when you used to work in Atlanta, Georgia, at Wild Bills, and I gotta tell you because we spent New Year's Eve there one year. Was I think 2008 or 2007? Then Eric played there again. I was there, so I got to see Eric Church twice at Wild Bills. And you worked there that time. And hell, we probably probably was drunk around you, hanging out. (laughs) You could have been. Well, I was my drinking days. I was interning, honey. I was interning. I grabbed this, and you mentioned that earlier. Um, That's when that uh, I guess was it the Sinners Like Me album had just come out. And so you know, I had to make sure the Jack Daniels was on the bus and make sure that he and the band everybody was comfortable. Anyhow, and uh, I. Uh, but he signed my album for me, and uh, it says, Hannah, thank God there's girls like you for guys like me. Oh, <laughs> that is oh, badass. It's still on the refrigerator. I ain't got rid of it. <laughs> that is so but, cool. Uh, but no, he, uh, he is uh, very talented, very, very talented and, and a force, and he's got has had an, uh, an amazing team of people around him, and that's all that you can yeah. ask for. So I've spent you know, quarantine, uh, just focusing on, on me and, and focusing on becoming, um, uh, the best band leader, uh, front man that I can be, uh, songwriter, vocalist. I don't smoke as much weed anymore. You know, I like my gummy gummies though. <laughs> Thank you to whoever threw a pack of gummies on stage during, uh, stone age. That was so awesome a few weeks ago. Thank you. <laughs> and, uh, 
And so I, next time I, I come see you, I know what to bring you now. Do what? Oh, yeah. Next time I come see you, I know what to bring you. Well, hell, Aaron is high strung as I am. I got to have something kind of mellow me out. Right? You know? I and, hear uh, you. you know, Willie's on straight gummies now, too. He doesn't smoke it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, a lot of people are doing that now these days, man. As long as they get them right, it's all good to go. Get rid of that cough, you know? <laughs> yeah. Willie, I don't know if he could smoke me and sing much longer. So that's why he's, he's like, all right, I'm going to do this. So you got to do like the Opry. Um, you got you got to play that a few times. Tell me about the first time you walked on that Opry stage and just kind of the feeling you had behind you on that. Oh, my heavens. I just played it. The fifth time last weekend. Yeah. It was great. Uh, well, I mean, I, I cried like a baby. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, uh, I feel like I, they probably presented me too soon, but the Opry kind of discovered me and were really fired up about me. And I just, and I appreciate their enthusiasm. And uh, they just, um, uh, they want to support, I feel like, real talent when mm-hmm. they can. And mm-hmm. um, the band is so supportive. And everybody knows you by name. And they just, and they give me the prettiest dressing room, and um, they just they just take such good care of you. But it literally, the opera to me feels like going home. And to uh, a lot, most of my peers in town, it's kind of like an annoyance for them to play it, or you know, they kind of roll their eyes. It's old hat or whatever. But but for me, I'm a little kid watching TNN every time mm. I walk in. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I think about Porter Wagner and Opera backstage, and uh, and I'm wearing sequins, and I dress up, and I treat treat that stage respectfully and uh that's why you'll never hear i'm gonna whoop your redneck ass on the opera stage <laughs> <laughs> i love too that the opera lately have, has brought people like jamie johnson and jelly roll and all these guys on the, the opera stage because 10 years ago you never would have heard of that i, I love that it's it's just opening oh, the yeah. doors for the, the, so the many Warren people Treaty, some dear friends of mine mm-hmm. so talented they had church up in there honey oh so good i mean absolutely yeah. they uh you know there's a shy carter just brought the house down too um you know did a great job and yeah. so uh they, the opera is branching out they are very eclectic uh but it is still home you want to hear some rootsy country music? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. It's the best place to go. Absolutely. <laughs> I love that. I love it. So tell me, what does the rest of 2022 look like for you? I know you hinted on maybe a little bit of touring again, but what are you looking at? Um, well, I am, uh, is what I can say? Yeah, I'm not, what can you I can't say, say much. <laughs> uh, but uh, let's just say I'm dabbling in TV. Nice. If, if I can't come to you on your radio, I'm going to get in your faces. There you uh, go. Uh, and then. It. Oh, see, her management. That's okay. Restructuring my team. I'm uh, uh, I'm all about having people that are on board because they get it and they're they're enthusiastic about me, not because they are ju- jumping on the bandwagon because there was a little bit of hype. Okay? Mm-hmm. I could tell that to me three or four years ago. Uh, I wish that I could have. Uh, but all that to say, uh, I think uh, life's kind of a big colander and God's going to sift the the people and the, the things out of your life that don't need to be there so that it can make room for exactly where you need to be. And that's where I see he's putting me. So um, we've got a show with, uh, speaking of Skinner and Kid Rock, uh, next month, if that sticks, Wisconsin Jam, if that's still a thing. Um, and then we're doing uh, Chinook Fest, Cole Swindle and Matt Sell, and not Chinook Fest, Hop Country Farm Jam. Nice. Quite a couple festivals out there. I got to look into that Wisconsin one. Cool. Let me check that one out. Yeah, yeah. 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 they yeah. love that out there. Nobody's told them any different. We got asked to do an encore. I don't believe in doing encores. My mama thinks it's cocky, so I'm respect her. I don't feel it. Anyhow, but uh, but yeah, it was great. I just uh, we had such a huge turnout and um, so much love out there in the beautiful state of Washington. And I can't nice. wait to do more on the West Coast. Yeah, we live between Chicago and Milwaukee, and we definitely need to get you back this way a little mm-hmm. bit more. So, oh my lord, I haven't played Chicago since uh, Moby Dick was a man up. Dude, there's a, little, there's a little place called Joe's on Weed Street that you would freaking dang be right. perfect yeah, for. Back to Joe. You tell him I'm still there but you tell old ed yeah he needs to call hanta yeah. yes, yes he even has his hands on a new place called carol's they've been packing like a little smaller pub too and they have that place is awesome yeah, for a show what's so, it called carol's pub in chicago that's another badass place 
Yep. So I'll send you some. I'll send you some info. We'll have to try to get you back to Chicago yep, soon. For sure. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. Just put, put my people in touch, honey. Yes, <laughs> I love it. This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience and have more meaningful conversations, you're going to want to check out Poddex now. If you want to get 10% off your order right now, you can go to poddex.com and type in coupon code. What's the code? Fast on Memphis. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. All right, so we're going to move on to our sponsored section, our, our Powered by Poddex. Uh, we pulled a couple cards earlier. Um, the first one, what are three of your favorite music venues in the world? So these are ones that you've either played or ones that you want to go to or ones that you've seen a show at. But what's your three favorite music venues? Three favorite, in no particular order. No particular uh, order. A friend of mine asked me this last night. Uh, the Troubadour in L.A., it smells like 1976 when you walk in. I have played it. It was one of the most amazing nights of my life. But there's so much history there if you're into rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Uh, so definitely the Troubadour. The Ryman, obviously. Oh, so magical. Yes, I've gotten to play the Ryman a few times. Um, uh, I mean, I can't not say the Opry, obviously. Uh, but bucket list for me is going to be Red Rocks. Never been, never played it, but I aim to do it. Oh, it's gonna it's gonna happen. I mean, I, I have maybe Scotty's with bedroom. Maybe I, I'd like to give him like a private performance. <laughs> yeah. That would be great. But that counts as a venue. <laughs> I love it. That counts as a venue for sure. <laughs> All right. Yes. And the next one is you're leaving on tour in the morning. What essential items do you put in your backpack? Of course, you're gonna need a lot more than a backpack. I'm sure that you're gonna take with you, but. What essential items is going in that backpack that's going to be with y'all? I'm leaving out on tour. Uh, well, usually the bus call will be around 11 o'clock at night. So, um, but I'm packing, uh, well, obviously my gummies and my vitamins. Always mm-hmm. gummies and vitamins. Uh, fun fun and safety first. Um, <laughs> I, when I can, I try to draw obscene or funny little things on the like the set list that my tour manager will print out just to uh to uh I personalize just a little thing a little message or something on each band member's set list so i bring some sharpies with me um bring my assistant biddy she holds she's like the glue that holds me together my lord bless her heart she's going to the grocery store going to the dry cleaners or grabbing you know eyelashes somewhere i mean she's always helping me so much um some comfy britches for sure. Yep. And uh, and I was bringing a backup outfit, so and a lot of hair, bringing a lot of hair. <laughs> yeah, gotta have the hair. You can't forget the hair. <laughs> especially especially in Texas in June bug season, honey. You cannot. You gotta have extra hair. We were pulling we we're pulling June bugs out of my hair, my drummer's stuff, everything for for weeks. Oh no. <laughs> Man, I can only imagine that would be yeah that would be. Oh, uh, and probably a, a cream cheese pound cake or something, something fattening to feed the boys. Yes. There you go. I'll take that with me too. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> All right. So our next segment. We call it Connecting Memories with Melodies. We're going to play a little clip of a song. The first memory you have with this song, just go ahead and spit it out. Go ahead and hit one of those. Smiling like a hero that just received his medal. It was just an old We hear Drive, Alan Jackson. Where's that song take you? Oh, Lord. The song actually takes me to, it was not the first time I've heard it, but it takes me to Auburn University. They, uh, used to do something down there called Alpha Psi Rodeo. And his daughter was actually down there the year that she was helping to throw it. Gosh, she got drunk. She's precious. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, they just have, it's just this big redneck fest. And Alan Jackson played and it was awesome. It was great. I was with my 1990s heartbreak, actually, who I went with. We had a, we had a damn ball. I love it. Awesome. I love it. All right, go ahead and hit that green one. Tom Petty, Last Dance with Mary Jane. When you hear this song, where's it taking you? Golly, probably to the Hines River camp. I mean, the song came out in the early 90s, but, uh, you know, after hanging out with, I've always loved Petty, but after watching the documentary and hanging out with my Cadillac Three Boys, it's their bust Bible. Yeah, I just, uh, I don't know, Petty, Petty takes me everywhere. Yeah. I love it. I, I had tickets one time to see him live in concert. 
It was like right after he played the Super Bowl, and I don't know what happened, but my dad and I ended up selling tickets. We never saw it. And I'm like, man, I still kick myself for that to this day. It's like, I should have saw that show live. Mm-hmm. Hit, oh, man, he's great. He's hit, great. But, yeah, that one, I guess it probably takes me back to, like, high school parties at, at, at River Camp, somebody's River Camp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hear you on that one. It's country. All right, hit me. <laughs> Whiskey Bent Hellbound, Hank Jr., when you hear that song, same, <laughs> same. That, that song definitely takes me to my high school days. <laughs> I love it. If it was like live lightning crashes or something, that would be like my first kiss, you know, or stairway to heaven. That'd be my first time. There you, you know, go. But, uh, anyway. We had Corey Smith <laughs> on our last podcast. Corey Smith was on his first concert was live. And that was kind of cool. That talking about that. So I was, really? I was a dire Love Smith it. fan. So, all right, the last one. This is gonna be a fun one. Uh, yellow. That's a lesson I wish I didn't learn. The hard, the hard way. So when you hear "hard way," Eric Church, is it, where's it taking you? It takes me back to my LTZ Trailblazer <laughs> that I wrecked four times, nose over end, somewhere at the University of Georgia. Nice, freshman. nice. We always had that one album that takes you to that one car. I, my buddy had a Trailblazer. I think it was a, I think it was a Trailblazer. And Gary Allen, um, Tough All Over CD. Every time I hear that album, it takes me right back to his car. <laughs> Just we're right I back in it. it. We're driving Cru- down. Cruising so. around those Mississippi roads. Yep, I love exactly. it. And that car, that's the first time. That was the first time I heard a guy uh, named Chris Stapleton who was singing with Steel Drivers at the time. Yeah. I thought, what is that? I literally stopped my car. In the middle of the road, when I heard his voice. Wow! So, yeah. I remember those days. First time, you're like, "Damn, who the hell is this guy singing?" And trying to check uh, into well, it. So. But I feel like step out. I mean, step out and press you that much, or it ought not be on the radio. You know, it ought to be damn good or next. But anyways, whatever. Yeah. I love it. All right, so we're gonna do the hot seat. We're gonna put sixty seconds on the clock. It's gonna be the same type of thing. I'm gonna ask you one quick question. First answer you have come to mind. So the first vinyl okay. you ever purchased. Ask me again. Your first vinyl you ever purchased. Ooh. <laughs> I don't remember. Probably Redheaded Stranger. Ooh, all right. If you had an endless supply of something, what would it be? Lipstick, lip liner, my favorite color. <laughs> all right. Who has the best pizza you ever had? Anywhere you've been. <laughs> uh, the Red Door in Midtown. It's great. Pepperoni pizza. I heard about that pizza. All right. The strangest thing you've ever seen in the middle of the road. <laughs> uh, in the middle of the road. God. I don't, man, it, it, it's all a blur. I don't know. Half naked people streaking. Uh, I mean, you'll have that. We'll take that for an answer. What's the exotic, exotic animals that yeah. don't belong in the, in the state that you're in, you know, stuff like that. Those are those gummies talking again. <laughs> well, that's why I can't recall. Was like, was I under the influence, or was it actually something in the road? Yeah. I don't remember. But I mean, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. That's why the worst day job you've ever had. The worst day job I ever had. Ugh, I had to do telemarketing at the Art Institute right before I signed my publishing deal. I took a job doing that for a few months. I was literally there for like three or four months. Then I signed my first deal, so I got to leave. Well, there's your <laughs> anyhow. But yeah, it just it wore me out. I mean, but but I was uh, I kept the change of I, I kept some boots and jeans in my uh, cubicle because I was literally changing clothes, you know, in my cubicle and leaving, <laughs> and then changing clothes. I had work clothes in my car. I've been been out the whole night before, like partying on I don't know Herb Woolsey's farm or something. <laughs> and I come back and I put on work clothes. I mean, I was. <laughs> well, there's yeah. your there's your full circle there at church because he, when he first moved to Nashville, worked at the Home Shopping Network selling knives to people. So, oh, did he really? Yep, he worked it because he always there's an interview out there. If, you're, if I find out, I'll send it to you where he was talking about where it's like two o'clock in the morning. This guy's buying a set of knives and he's the one talking him out of buying them. I was like, dude, why it's two o'clock in the morning? Go to bed and wake I up at 10. It. If you still want to buy them, <laughs> call me back. <laughs> I'll I still it. Be well, here. no, you know, full circle. I mean, I had a house cleaning business. It's really humbling to scrub other people's toilets, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, with a college degree and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and with parents that have done well who aren't paying you. And I have no chip on my shoulder about that. I could have used their money, but I appreciate all this a lot more because, you know, I 
Um, I had to sell all my guitars, you know, to pay for my band. And so uh, for years I wrote uh, songs and played shows on borrowed guitars. Anyhow, so I scrubbed a lot of toilets and bought my first Gibson. I love that. Right here. And so I appreciate this thing, you know, more. Worked hard for that's it. That's been handed to me. And now, full circle, I'm cleaning my, picking up my guitars and putting them up before my maid gets here. So mm-hmm. talk about full circle. Hell Thank yeah, you, Jesus. Yes. I love that, though. It's hard work pays off. And this is proof right here in front of us, guys. Yeah. So it's hard work pays off. All right, we'll go back to our, our hot seat. What's one thing people buy that you think is a waste of money? I can't say that out loud. Let me take a plan B. Uh, another thing that people buy is a waste of money. Oh, like uh, this is random, but like mashed potatoes in a that are already made in a container. Okay, I like yeah. that. All right, I'll, I'll take that one. I like that. Stuff like odd, that. Ridiculous. Odd, odd yeah. answers on this one. That's why I like those. This question. It's always a good one. All right, this is an easy one for you. What's one song? Ooh, what happened? Yeah. Can you hear us? I don't know what nope. just happened. It's like everything is rebooted in front of me. We're here. All right. <laughs> What's one song you wish you wrote? Oh. I'm over you. Ooh, okay. That's, That's a good, a good one. one. If you had to pick one drink. Or actually, oh. one of Lizzo's probably. One of Lizzo's? Yeah, I think it's a good yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's, uh, uh, what's the next question? If you had to pick one, drink a little drink or smoke a little smoke, what were you picking? It's <laughs> a new smoke question. Smoke and <laughs> I think you know. <laughs> I, I figure it's a new question. I, I got your candy in me. We can't handle alcohol very well. I just it makes me puff up like yeah. a moose. I feel like terrible. Yes. So I'm having to. I got to look cute naked, man. I got smoke smoking all the way. So this might be a sin asking you this question, but we'll see. What's your favorite microwavable food? Ooh. <laughs> Butter. <laughs> I love it. Best answer yet. I, I thought popcorn was a good one. So. <laughs> I don't right. waste time popcorn, but yeah, it's good. All right. So you might have already hinted at this one earlier on when we're talking, but you got to play the Opry. You've been on tour with Hank. You kind of ran with Casey Beathard and so many people, but what's something that's still on your bucket list? Something that you still want to accomplish to make you feel like you succeed in music? Is it maybe a special venue to play or maybe having a special uh, hit song or but what's something on your bucket list still? Um, I would definitely love to open for Alan Jackson. I don't know that that'll happen with his health problems and with all the people that are vying for this new tour, but um, he is right there at the top of the bucket list. I'd love to do some dates with him. I'd love to become a member of the Opry before Jesus comes back, but I think he's probably coming back next week. So, um, but yeah, uh, just, uh, I think that's, uh, I love that. Yeah. That's your definite. Kiss Scott Eastwood. <laughs> I could definitely see that opera drink. On the mouth. <laughs> there you go. That's a good one for you. <laughs> oh, I love it. So you, you cool with playing one for us tonight before we let you go? Yeah, man. You want to hear a new one or do you want to hear one I just put out or what do you want? It's up to you. I was going to say 1990s Heartbreak, but if you got a new one you want to throw out or something, I am totally cool and leaving it open for you. Yeah. My only rule is you got to tell me the story of where the song came from first. (laughs) Well, let me think. Well, I mean, I've got this already set up to play 90s, but uh, uh, yeah, I don't really have my... uh, no, I wasn't thinking. I, I just saw 90s on the uh, call sheet, so I, I didn't. <laughs> so in, uh, hey, that, yeah. That's my favorite. I, I just turned 40 last week, so honestly, I had a lot of 1990s heartbreaks. So. <laughs> Did you? Okay, well, then I'll, then I'll do that before you. And, and, and the, 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 the mixtape, the Walkman, you nailed it all. So <laughs> You're so sweet. Well, I wrote, I wrote that song about eight years ago with Neil Mason. He plays drums for the Cadillac 3. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, and... Uh, Ooh, to this day, still my fiercest heartbreak. Good heavens, I couldn't eat for months. Yeah, I got real skinny. You wouldn't know it. <laughs> Anyhow, but um, I always love that fella hard. But uh, song is a song that got me a record deal, and yeah, eventually yeah. a boob job, and uh, so I haven't looked back. <laughs> so, so this is your lightning then. 
Do what? I said, this is your lightning, then. It's the one that got you the record deal, so. Right, right, right. <laughs> I still can't believe the label never released it, but, um, you know, years ago, when I feel like it would have really had that yeah. that punch, but um, I've had a lot of fans requested it and covering it, and um, I just think it needed to be out there in the world, so I My went ahead favorite. and gave it to you. I love uh, it. Here, yeah, here it goes. I'll give you a snippet of it. <laughs> But now you gotta tell me, cause I got the thing. You, you talk about in that song, one landline. So, what was your your AOL screen name? Do you remember it? I don't remember my AOL screen name. I was I'm too not well, I'm too young for that. I yeah, remember, right. uh, I, well, like my sister and I shared a name. I feel like, but she was a computer hog and she did all that. Oh. Um, but but I remember the home phone number mm-hmm. and our we had a, like we had our own little line upstairs. I thought was great too. But don't you miss the days where a when a fellow wanted to call you, talk to you, he had to talk to your mom or your daddy first. Yeah. To get you, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? Yeah. I just, uh, I think about that a lot, kind of, man. And, and I honestly, loved it. If I your parents don't want you, anybody calling late at night, they just take the phone off the hook. They yep. just take it off. Like, well, nobody calls. No, I'm not in the south, honey. You were raised not to call people after 9 p.m. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Yes. Nine o'clock was the cutoff for me. That I couldn't call a couple of my friends at nine o'clock. So. Yep. And they're like, nope, yep. ever nine, do you don't call here? So I was like, all right. Good raising. 58. But you had some 1990s calling. heartbreaks. You're too young to have had a 90s heartbreak. Oh, no. no. I was, well, like I said, I turned 40 last week. So I was born in 82. So I, I was. What a year for fashion. Look. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. I, I graduated in 2000. So I knew the 90s well. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'd be, like, I guess we're, we're so spoiled by and ruined in a way, but I, not to be negative. Cause I just, I'm so grateful for social media and what it's yeah. done to help my career. But, um, but we have just immediate, it's this instant gratification. It's immediate access mm-hmm. to, to things and, and to people. Yep. And, uh, the waiting is the hardest part that Petty said, you know, and <laughs> there's something so beautiful about, uh, you know, not, not having that much access to people yep. and really yeah. having to make your calls count and, friend of mine the other day was talking about, you know, even when phones came out, people were, you know, complaining about it long for the time where if you wanted to talk to somebody, people people would just stop by. Yeah. You had yeah. to go visit them. That's why um, I always remember, like, yeah. you'd always have, like, a dessert or something on hand in case you had company yeah. over. You're like, oh, that's company. Nowadays, you, someone so knocks on the door and you're like, like yeah, yeah, you're army crawling, right. looking to see out the door. Who is it? Who's at the door? Like, Who's at the front door? Yeah. <laughs> no, but I remember I that. I feel like I was one of the last generations of the streetlights. I mean, just like because yeah. when the streetlights came on, you went home. I mean, that's you didn't have phones or anything. Your parents call you up, or, or yeah. I remember I had a that's pager. Like the <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, same thing. Hey, and they always played one one game late at night. It was always on Fourth of July. I saw that. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. My favorite movies. Well, Hannah, we appreciate everything tonight. We so had fun. a blast for the last hour hanging out with you. It's just been amazing. We cannot wait to hey, get back rock. up here. I want to go uh, put on some comfy britches because I can't breathe in these. <laughs> <laughs> thank you well, you deserve thank it. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you so much, Jillian. Yes. Aaron, thank you for shedding light on uh, on us newcomers and uh, you know, for sharing your platform with us, you know, with me. And uh, thank you for keeping up with my music. I'm so right. stoked for you to hear the new stuff. Oh, I have yeah. finally recorded Redneck Ass and <laughs> some other ones that people have been asking me to for 
a while and some really great new songs. And I've said, I feel like it's my best stuff yet. So, um, just praying for the, uh, the platform and the right and the right uh, spot to release it this well, year. We cannot You'll wait. We're it. in your corner. The minute yes. it comes out, we will be pushing it out. We'll be reviewing it for you. We will be definitely doing everything we can in our power for you because we cannot wait to hear it. And we can't wait to see you all on the road again, too. So we're Absolutely. excited. Hey, hey, I got a hand and ash pass with your name on it, house. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, I'll let you know. We'll, we'll figure something out for this. I love it. So, Both of you. But you have an amazing, amazing night, and we'll catch up very soon. All right. Take care. All right. Thanks, Thanks, Bye. Bye. Right. Bye. That was fun. <laughs> she was awesome. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. I feel like she's a kindred spirit. <laughs> yeah, dude, she is. She's just amazing. I saw everything. Like, like an old soul, like she just yeah, like she's, she's an old soul. She's very much like get what you see. How like, we were raised. Yeah, mm-hmm, this is who I am. Take it or leave it. Love it. Um, I love my music. I love she's this. Got and, such a big heart too. I feel like. Yeah, dude. I loved her. I absolutely loved her. I'd love, love to meet her in person. So, oh, dude, she's a firecracker, oh my God, dude. I'd love to meet her in <laughs> she's person. A, she's amazing. I got the we got the interviewer uh, and see two of her shows last. What was it last year? Last summer. Was the last summer when she was so, out with yeah. Eric? Yeah, she was out, or not out with Eric, but she was doing the tailgate parties. So that was so much fun when she, just doing that because it gave you something to do and like go out there and see it. So I love it. But thank you guys so much for tuning in so tonight. Uh, we had a blast. Good things coming up. Uh, we just can't wait. Like I said, tomorrow uh, I'm going to be out covering Summerfest pretty much all day out there, probably for. 10 or 11 hours, if not um, more. We will be interviewing Priscilla Block sometime tomorrow during the day. And uh, we'll have that up over the weekend on all of our socials. So we cannot wait. But uh, Russell Dickerson, Priscilla Block, Aaron Kinsley, I am so excited to see her tomorrow. Mm. Uh, Nico Moon, I forgot who else is all on this lineup. It's going to be a great lineup tomorrow that we get the we get the pleasure of going out and seeing. And then Country Thunder's coming up in a couple of weeks. So busy, busy month. But uh, we're excited to see what happens in the future and see where this goes. Uh, we will have some more announcements. We will be back in Nashville in December, so we will have another event. We're very excited for. So save the date, December eleventh. Um, can't wait to announce that. But uh, other than that, yeah, it's been fun. Just got back from a nice little vacation, a little family vacay. That's why we were a little rusty with the show. We've been off for two. Although weeks. Although it was a good show, it was yeah, an awesome. It was show. a good, good one back. But now next week, though, next week we're gonna have some fun again. So I'm excited for next week. So we got a legend coming on. Always a legend in my eyes. Yeah, I'm very for sure. excited for it. For sure. But uh thank you guys so much for joining us on episode 134 with Hannah Dasher. Uh the passion, the drive that Hannah has is so impressive and will take her so far. We want to wish her nothing but the best, and I cannot wait to see what she accomplishes the rest of this year and into next year and even the future. I mean, God, like I said, she's a firecracker, she's a badass and you guys watch out for her because she is going to be one of the next best things in the world. I, I yeah, can't wait. She's so, awesome. Don't forget to catch up on everything you missed from tonight and past episodes over at gaining fast on memphis.com. And like I said, we'll see you guys next week. We've got a legend coming on. So see you guys then. The Gain It Fast on Memphis podcast with Aaron Shriver is brought to you by Arlo Revolution. As we close the book on another chapter, remember, music gives a soul to the universe, wings to the mind, flight to the imagination, and life to everything. Next week, Aaron connects more melodies and memories with other fans and the artists they love. Thanks for being a part of this musical journey, and we'll see you next time on the Gain It Fast on Memphis podcast with Aaron Shriver.